Hello, welcome to the High Hops Podcast with your beer guru, Bradley Y. Lies. With me as always, regular person, Phoebe Ward. Lies. Why is, it, why is that a lie? Corrections corner. You didn't do your maths. Oh, breaking news. You didn't do your maths correctly. No. On our uh, blind tasting, I still it, beat your way. In our defense, I think we both didn't know, and we recorded that over the span of three days, and we've we completely forgotten what the actual opening it. round was. But I think we drew. Did we not draw? Yeah, maybe, but like. So we're both You're the gurus. only one that got a bonus point, which leveled you up <laughs> to. So my... that makes me the big guru, because I actually guessed the brewery. That was like dub- worth double points, I think. Mm. Anyway. If you want to know what the hell we're talking about, you can go back and listen to our uh, episode on uh, East Coast and West Coast, uh, where we do a guess which coast, East Coast or West Coast. Uh, it was a blind tasting, and it was a lot of fun. But this week, we're back to doing interviews, or yes. an interview. Yes. Uh, we spoke to a local this week from Mother Brew. We did. We spoke to Sam from Mother Brew. My name's Samuel. I am the owner, uh, founder, brewer, kind of cleaner, everything of, um, of Mother Brew Brewery. He spoke to us a lot about kind of the process of moving into this industry. He's relatively new, mm. relatively inexperienced, uh, and he hooked up with Padstow. So we have a discussion about kind of what went into learning how to make beer and making this first beer and working with George, who we've spoken to um, on our Padstow episode, uh, Padstow episode, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought it was very interesting hearing about someone who's not brewed, kind of making a brew and starting this company, but bringing their ideals from the food sector over into this, uh, into the drinks area, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think he pretends to know everything. Um at all i think he's a guy who's really willing to learn and it was quite interesting hearing his perspective on this industry and moving into it yeah it was nice to hear like the excitement from him about you know going getting into the industry and experimenting we'll be back in just a second with our interview we've been going since it was the back end of 2019 is when we i say we me and my partner decided to get this going um and it all started from a, a very strong home brewing experience. So I've always brewed since I was probably far, far too young to drink alcohol. I'm trying to think when probably about from about 14, I started home brewing. Oh, okay. uh, I, was, I, was, I was home brewing mead, mm. so like honey mm. wines, um, because of a very good friend of mine keeps bees. He's, uh, he's now a dentist, um, which is kind of a bit of a paradox because he keeps honey bees, which is goes against the grain of keep, being a dentist I suppose but uh, <laughs> me and him one day were sat there and we were like there's got to be something we can do with this honey got to be something we can do with all this honey and then uh, I think it was watching Vikings and <laughs> YouTubing and we decided to one day just start making mead because we were like it's something to drink we were not supposed to drink but we'd find something to drink when we shouldn't and then <laughs> as as time's gone on I've I've fell further down the rabbit hole of doing brewing and he's gone more into the, like, the side of probably medicine which is mm. you know that, that's that but th- at the same time there's probably a lot of that that goes into kind of being a beekeeper and th- it's very like i would say very medicinal you know and yeah um he's done that now and i've kind of pursued doing something with alcohol uh mm-hmm. he so i've taken the whole idea of using honey at the core of everything we do um i think honey often gets overlooked as an ingredient that either goes into tea or goes on toast mm-hmm. and it's, it's the two things and i think there have been a few beers around that have made use of honey mm-hmm. there are even some beers that i've had that say they're honey flavored they don't have any honey in yeah. um <laughs> so i was like Do you know what let's make a really good brand where honey is at the core and let's show people what we can do with honey and actually how diverse it could be and mm-hmm. britain is known for its honey um mm-hmm. So that's where that started from. That's kind of at the core of what we do. And obviously we released Hive, Honey Pale Ale. Yeah. Yep. We got it here. Um, which we have here, which we're going to crack open in a second. Wow. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we, that was my first beer I ever made. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'd never made beer before. So I, I, I went in and I was going to really just wanted to hit the ground running with a beer at the end of the day. I found a gap in the market with honey beers. Mm. Um, I've got good help with a couple of brewers that I've kind of taken advice from and bits and pieces like that and hit the ground running with the first beer and made a beer, but we got a whole host of things that we're looking at doing. We're looking at bringing out a mead commercially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sessionable meads we're going to try and do because that's quite popular in the Scandinavias and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, it's just that's a bit of an idea of what we're doing, really. Nice. I've probably gone on. I've probably answered like all your list of questions. Yeah, 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 yeah we'll on. see you later. See ya. <laughs> yeah, cheers, guys. I'll, I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say you quickly mentioned uh, your partner. Who's your partner that helps you out with the uh, with the business? Oh, so it is actually my partner. So okay. my partner Becky. She um she kind of keeps the reins in on me. I'm a. <laughs> I used I, I used to be a chef, and yeah. um, my creative my creativity comes from my chefing, really, of like mm-hmm. flavor profiles and things like that. And, yeah. She often pulls me in and keeps me on the reins and says, look, right, let, let's take one project at a time. I'm there like, tap room and this and this and this and this. And she's <laughs> like, right, just, just, just slow down, you know, just like rein it in. And yeah, she, um, she also keeps me on the track with making sure that, you know, we're hitting the right market because it's quite easy to find yourself making a product and then wanting to actually sell it to almost anyone. Yeah. Yeah. But really, it's about building that brand. She does a lot of the branding. Mm. Um, she does a lot of uh, the, the social media yep. side of things. I'm kind of on the ground doing the sales and getting out there and being the face of the business while she's actually kind of holding it all together in the background. So <laughs> That's awesome. Who that is, sounds like a good pairing. I know, who is your uh, your market? Like, Who would you say your kind of mm. your main customer base is for at least your initial product and how do you yeah. want to grow that? I mean, to be fair, like our main market is anybody that wants to take a take a slice of something that probably they haven't tried yeah or maybe i found actually and this wasn't the market that i was aiming for when we first brewed the beer but anybody that's not too attuned with drinking ales or any sort of hardcore craft drink mm-hmm. because i found a lot of people that have drank it have gone i don't normally like ale but this is this is so easy drinking you know this right. is this is just the easiest thing to drink and yeah everything that we do is is kind of we want it to be approachable to a wide demographic we don't mm. want it just to be one person or one group of people and then having ourselves kind of pigeonholed in that tiny tiny environment at yeah. the end of the day like people have taken it and they've gone oh it's very like it's almost like a lager mm. can i sell it as a lager and i'm like well you can't because it's not a lager yeah. but you know <laughs> ad, please advertise it that it's like a really easy drinking ale and it's a proper summer's drink you know perfect for today's weather it's yeah. so so crisp and refreshing and that's exactly what we wanted we wanted something that doesn't really scare people we want to we're going into a market that's very heavily populated with very funky beers and i'm not going to slate any beers that's i I like i like beer that's why i've done it because it's Mm. it's an industry i want to get into but we're trying to take classics and put a modern twist on them by adding honey to them Mm. or flavors of honey into them which then just takes that scariness away if you turned around and said to somebody right i'm going to take you down and give you a drink that's called a, know, a boquette which is a classic mead yeah. a lot of people would be like what on earth's that you know yeah. whereas if you say like oh it's this but it's got a bit of this to it and try that and yeah mm. it's that's that's really what we're going for is just anybody who wants to try something a bit new really mm-hmm. which i think awesome. should we, uh, should we crack say. it open do you want to whilst we we'll, we'll quickly crack it open and pour some do you want to just talk about sort of like what was your inspiration for this beer? How many sort of iterations did it go through and uh, where did it start and how, how how much has it changed through the brewing process or did you manage to find a pretty decent balance straight away? <laughs> yeah, I was pretty lucky to be honest with you. As I said, it's my first, I've never made beer before. So I, this was my, my first beer I made um, and I had a lot of help uh, from the brewer that we used and everything like that because I'm, I'm, I'm a gypsy brewer, a cuckoo brewer. Yeah. Um, I don't have a home mm-hmm. as of yet um, and <laughs> I used Padstow Brewery. Right. Yeah, um, I think yeah, I yeah. saw you had like a video on your um, Instagram, and I yeah. was like, little little glimpse of little the Padstow sign. Padsto logo. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, yeah. I know that one. Yeah, we uh, we just yeah. did an episode with them, which was really I know, good. I yeah. know. I was listening to that on the, in the car on the way to oh, where nice. I am. That. Well, there <laughs> so, you go. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, 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 a lot of people are quite closed about who they've used and help mm. they've had and going into this industry i've gone from being a chef um Mm. and that was one of my one of my things i did for a long time i was a chef for many years and that was very regarded communities you know you're not having my recipes you're not having my ideas my techniques and this that and the other Mm. and i've done that i did chefing since i left school so that was ingrained in me this kind of guarded they're my recipes don't ever talk to me about things you know Mm. so going into going into a brewing industry and everybody's so friendly and helpful Mm -hmm. and george and the team at padstow have been an absolute perfect example of if you want to get into this and you want somebody to talk to just speak to whoever you can as an outlet because people are so willing to help each other and it's been great i went down i met george and simon and the team down at padstow with an idea and a concept and we sat there and admittedly like any decent idea it was hashed out over a few drinks we we sat there and we, we we drank a few beers and mixed some honey and this that and the other and 
next thing you know, I was in the brewery brewing this beer and we were <laughs> almost like kind of pissing in the wind with it in a sense, in a sense, because <laughs> we were like, don't know how this is going to turn out. We've done some research, but let's go for it. Let's go. And it's come out fantastic. I think it's a great beer and that's, it's not just because it's my product, but overall it's getting really rave reviews. People are saying, yeah. you know, it's easy drinking, it's packaging, labeling as a first beer. Mm. I couldn't have asked more and our company couldn't have asked more for what we've got. We've, done a i think a sterling job without you know sounding too arrogant about it but it's not just me it's been everybody else that's come in and helped do that you know so yeah well yeah i mean the main quote i've uh picked up on a lot is that it belongs in a hot beer garden that's what all i've all the things i've read about it so yeah no it's which is uh, is perfect you know i mean we don't get very many hot summers over here but i think it's a can of sunshine yeah it is i was gonna say the color is of sunshine it's very like golden and yeah, yeah. It's, it's very large the thing is it's very lager-esque you look at it and mm. you would actually second it to very much like a lager but it's yeah. it's got everything in it as an ale you know i can it actually is, smell it, the honey in it as well because we literally we were just having um camo from bulletproof and they obviously only do yeah. lagers so yeah, yeah it just feels like going kind of one lager to the other mm. oh, it is, it's is, very yeah. Good. yeah and i think as well we've we've found a recipe which works really well and i want to have a core range i as much as I said earlier that, you know, I, I applaud these people that have got breweries that are churning out 25, 40 different beers every month or whatever, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's class. I'd love to have the capability of doing that. You know, I think that is good, but I'm a bit old fashioned in the sense that I think if you can go to a brand and you know that brand for what it is and you can go there and get your basic range yeah. and then every wit and while there are little deviations from mm. those then that's that's what I would rather have. And that's what I'm pushing with the brand is, you know, you can have the core four range. Mm. And as time goes on, we'll do a, a twist here and a, a, a winter special with this yeah. one or a Christmas bit, you know, and just really build a strong foundation of a brand that people come to know and love yeah. for what we are about, which is using British honey and British ingredients as best we can and just showcasing that. Do you want to talk about some of the hops used in uh, in this drink? What what did you decide to go for and what was your kind of your your reason for going for the hops you decided to go for? Well, we deliberately went for like very easy hops, nothing mm-hmm. too heady, nothing too bitter. Yeah. Really because we didn't want to overpower the honey, but at the same time we put 30 kilos of honey into the batch of beer. So yeah. We did, yeah. we, we did 2,000 litres. So 30 kilos of honey is quite a large amount of... Um, I think it ended up being... Don't quote me on this, but I think it was it was something like 30% of the bill was actually honey-based, I wow. believe. Is what where, where, I, was that I honey, quite. where was that honey sourced from? Uh, so it's sourced from a farm in Exeter called Quince Honey Farm. Okay. Um, and it's like that. them themselves have got a family-orientated brand that they've built up from... I believe it was the grandfather who got like a little apiary kit back 40 years ago or something along those lines you know and he's built it into a business from a love and that's kind of echoes into what this is you know i love drinking i always have done i've always gone out and enjoyed drinking with friends and family and i'm now building that into something that i want to share with other people um but the honey itself it's special you know the honey when i got the honey and actually went and collected it myself they had batch numbers on the top of the bot on the Mm. top of the the buckets and you actually trace it back to the hives where where the bees where the honey's been collected from yeah so I think it is. It's 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 a special beer in that oh, sense. Yeah. You know, it really echoes what we're about. And that's if you're going to do something, make sure you know where things are coming from. When mm. make sure you've got an understanding of what it is that you're using, and really get your head around kind of. And I think that's a lot from my background of, like I said, being a chef. It was always nose to tail, which mm. is a big thing in the UK, and yeah. we're trying to do that more and more in the food industry. And I think it it could definitely be something that people do more in the in the alcohol industry. You know, people yeah. are more conscious now. And um but the no the hops that we use, we use Target, Willamette and Goldings, really. Mm. It was just a real real gentle hoppage we didn't want to go too much we tried we were trying to like leave as little hoppage out of it as possible really just to really make the honey sing Mm. but we were finding that you know you need something to rein that sweetness in yeah you don't want it to be a dessert wine (laughs) (laughs) because it's just it's just not the idea that we had and yeah it's again it's a testament to george and the guys at padstow who Mm. have worked together with on this beer that we've got the beer we have and it's yeah it's it's a really it just shows what you can do if you've got a great concept and a great idea yeah. and you believe in what you want to do at the end of the day and that's what i've said to people is like i've come out of nowhere into an industry that's got some really big heavy hitters in it at the minute yeah padstow verdan 
Tiny Rebel. Yeah. Obviously, you've got the you've got the guys at the top like Brewdog, which is obviously a bit of a taboo statement, <laughs> it, you know. But but Still you know, and it, that, yeah, exactly. And everybody has left their mark on this industry in some mm. way or another. And coming into that, it's quite scary. But again, it's such a such a welcoming industry. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys are quite you guys are quite new in what you're doing, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've, yeah we've hit it at a good time though, because I think there's a lot of, in, especially in the southwest, there's a lot of like people like you guys kind of starting up and and beginning this journey almost at the same time we've decided to start yeah. doing yeah. this. So it's been great, been great for us because we get the opportunity of like kind of documenting and meeting you guys as you start your growing journey with everybody else. Yeah. Precisely, yeah. like that's kind yeah. of one of the things we've. I think that has been a lot of fun for us is seeing everyone come into it and how how everyone's kind of in the southwest is kind of coming together and working together and like yeah like you said you've worked with padstow do you want to talk a little bit actually about why did you why did you go for padstow because i know that um you your friends with anchor, uh, anchor house aren't you your, yeah, um, yeah and obviously bulletproof yeah. they've they've both used um utopian so was yeah. there did you look at them was there a reason why you went with padstow uh, um, over the I'll other look, without kind of it was it was a creative aspect and yeah. this is no this is no disrespect to utopian they're hugely busy yeah. massive company there they are like only i could dream of getting to where they are you know in yeah, the next yeah. couple of years you know and i'm not saying padstow aren't a, a, a desirable company to achieve to but i spoke but i spoke to the two of them because i did look at utopian i looked at padstow i looked at a couple of other places firebrand and things like that and yeah it was really about when I sat down and actually spoke to the people that I was going to be working with, it was the people that gave me back the same passion that I gave them. Right. Yeah. I, I, I went to these people with an idea and, and it was something that was conceived for quite some time. And, and, and equally as much as it was conceived for quite some time, it was something that was still quite fresh. And I didn't have a huge, I still don't have a huge understanding of brewing. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm, I'm the mutts nuts at brewing. I'm, I'm, I'm learning every time I go into a brewery, new little bits and pieces and, mm often i'm often ringing george up going george what does this mean you know like, like <laughs> help me out yeah, and like I'm, I'm, I'm throwing some ideas together what do you yeah. think of this and he's there like don't do that that's ridiculous this is why and <laughs> and it was that passion of as much as it's a business idea it's a learning curve for me and i wanted to work with somebody who could one teach me and yeah. give me a good understanding because george is of a pedigree background we're working in a very large brewery simon is is built his way up through his brewery that he's in now and um I just wanted somebody who shared that passion with me and yeah. I got that with Padstow, which was really nice. And it's small scale still enough for me to be able to not walk in there and go, I have bitten off more than I can chew, <laughs> which I have done. I have done. And it, the, the dawning moment was when the, when the delivery of the beer turned up, because I went through the process from start to finish with yeah. the guys at Padstow. I was there for the canning, there for the brewing. I went down and brewed the beer. So it, mm. it's all me. But the day it turned up to my warehouse and I was like, yeah, this is, this is, it's very real this is very real now you know and um and it was it was it's just nice to share that with people that are also they've been in that position um not so long ago you yeah. know they, they pads though have also done that and i think yeah it's, it's about sharing that passion with people is the main thing with pads though is is um george is really behind what i go to him with you know yeah it's, it's quite it's a nice little partnership really that we've got working together is it's really cool I think that's a definitely a key thing is and in any industry this idea of there are lots of options you can go with but it's finding not just a company but people that get behind what you're trying to do oh yeah definitely like i spoke to simon for the first time and yeah. um, Simon was like oh you're the guy that wants to do the first um cuckoo brew that we've ever done and i was like oh no mm. way that's 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 a first for them this is the first cool. for me this this is quite cool you know and yeah um simon was like look we're happy to have you down here as much as you want to be you know if you want to come in and just even watch george brewing on a day where we're brewing some of our own beers mm. he'd be more than happy to and that just made me go, they've taken me under their wing. Like, yeah. you know, as much as it's a business investment for them, because mm. obviously they're charging me for it. It's not for free, obviously, and <laughs> things like that. And yeah, yeah. everybody's business minded. It was a nice business agreement as opposed to it's about the money. It's about mm. let's just churn your beer out as a factory, which I'm not saying I've got that with anybody else, but I didn't want it to be that way. Because mm. I could have gone to somebody who would have just taken a recipe and gone, here's white label beer, stick your own labels on, job done. Yeah. yeah. And very very rinse and repeat whereas i've got involved you know i was weighing out the, the hops with george and i like dropped a sack of grain over the railings and things like that and it was just like you know it was it was it was just a good experience and i think i'm probably going to brew with them again to be honest with you i yeah. think that's what it's 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 
it's good to work with someone that shares your experience, like you were saying. You know, yeah. they, they share share my ethos as well because they're about you know showcasing Padstow. Yeah, and yeah. I'm about showcasing what what the UK can offer. Really, that's that's what I want to do. So it works mm. well. I, I was going. You might have answered this already, but I was going to ask kind of like what lessons have you learned from your first beer, and what would you improve in the future if you were to when you when you brew this again, if if you want this to become part of your core range. What have you learned from this beer that you might change in future or do you want to keep it the same or what have you learned from it that you want to then incorporate into future beers that you are going to, are you going to make? Um, I've learned, I think the biggest thing I've taken away from this beer is there's a lot more to it than you really first know on the face value of things. Like you walk into a bottle shop or a good tap room and you're like, Oh yeah, that'd be cool to do. That'd be really, and that's where it conceived like me and Tom from anchor house yeah. sitting down, drinking beer together at certain times and going, this would be cool to do, wouldn't it? You know? Yeah. And then 12 months on, you're there going, I got a lot of beer to sell. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, and um, I think, I think the thing this has taught me is it's, it's given me a really good understanding of what the beer industry is actually about. That's mm. the thing I'm going to take away from is there's no real stupid questions in the mm-hmm. beer industry. There's no stupid ideas either. Cause there's some people that are doing things that I can't even conceive after being a chef for yeah. nine, ten. <laughs> like you got like, what was it? Like toffee stouts and like cereal stouts and cakes and pastry stouts and all that. And I'm there like, that blows my mind, you know? Like, <laughs> I can't um, wait for you to listen to the episode we just recorded where they've put a Yorkshire pudding in oh, a beer. Yeah. Oh, is that, was that with a uh, Northern Monk? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that, what, the, uh, the Aunt Bessie beer they did? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this is what I mean. Like, this, and like, the thing for me is the, the creativity in the beer industry, and this is me talking from my own experience, is I think it's on par with the food industry. Like, yeah. the creativity in the food industry is, is huge, and people recognize the food industry for that. Yeah. But food and drink go together, and I've never had exposure to the drinks industry where it's actually given me the same feeling of you can be creative and nobody's going to turn around to you and go, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there are obviously there are gonna be some terrible ideas, yeah. but but like <laughs> a lot of the time you can do things and people will take that on board and go, no, that's it has a market. And that's mm-hmm. that that for me is it, it's given me it's given me a fire in my belly that I used to have for food, which I very much fell out of love with, and that's why I changed the industry. Yeah. But this is what I'm getting from this, and this has really just lit a fire under my ass to really want to do something bigger and greater and more adventurous and Mm. we got other beers planning that me and george are working on as we speak Um, so yeah it's yeah i think what it's taught me is just don't have don't think something stupid don't think something's a stupid idea you know Mm -hmm. just just maybe do don't it. brew just don't, do it just do it but don't <laughs> brew if you might if you have an idea that it might be a stupid idea don't brew 2000 liters like i did at the beginning <laughs> might, end up, might end up finding it hard to sell i think that's, i've that's, seen that's, this bit everywhere though like i mean obviously down here it's in it's in bulletproof it's been in vessel um um, Stannery have had it, I think. Is that right? Stannery, Stannery yeah. have got it. Yeah, I think yeah. Everyone's um, had it, and it's, the design of the can is really recognisable as well. I really like the design of this can. Um, thank you. Who was it? Yourself that um, came up with the design? And no. no? So um, this is a shout out to Adam Farley Designs or Adam Farley Designs that he goes by. Um, great graphic designer. Um, he approached me actually and mm-hmm. said, "I've been giving your details that you've got this wicked idea." Um, do you want to work with me on this? And I was like, yes, by all means. Like, you, I, I need a graphic designer. I am the worst drawer or designer in the world. I, um, you know, am no good at this. So, like, let's sit down and hash it out. And that was done over a beer again. We went to the Fortescue mm-hmm. many moons ago now, which is an absolute <laughs> age away. That? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh God, a, a pub. You know, a like, pub? What? Yeah. What yeah. is this word? But you know, and again another person who just got on board with my ethos and what i want to do and i've said from day one i want to surround myself with people that agree with what i'm doing mm-hmm. but also i don't just want to rinse and repeat who i'm using i don't just want to go to adam and then be like right somebody's cheaper let's go somewhere else and somebody's mm-hmm. cheaper let's go yeah. yeah i'm not about that i'd rather work with somebody who i can just say look adam we've got this nutty idea we're about to do and do do some graphics for it and then he comes back and goes this is what i've done and it's a creative process process all the way through, you know, and that's mm. what we're going for. We want to use and showcase people from around our area at the end yeah. of the day. You're yeah. working so. sync as well. Like the more you work together, the more I'll have an understanding of what you do and don't like. So it's a, it'll be it super easy symphony, for you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes, and like I've said to, to be fair, I'm probably, I would like to say I'm one of the easier guys that's asked, 
Adams do work for, mm. and maybe probably a lot of graphic designers because there's some crazy ass ideas out there for can labels at the minute. Which yeah. Yeah. I applaud again. I applaud the fact that people are doing it, and I, I'm quite attuned to art. I quite like art, and I look at some cans and I just go, "That is wicked." You know, that's really cool. Um, but from a graphic designer point of view, it must be an absolute head trip sitting there going, I've got to try and get this onto a can. Like, yeah. <laughs> but what we've said we're going to do is we're going to keep the same design, maybe tweak it slightly for the next one. Yeah. But we're, we're color code, color coding, our cool. beers, very much like what Utopian have done. Yeah. Same design, different colors for different beers. And that's what we're going for. We want it to be a real standout thing that mm. you walk in and you see the yellow beer. That's the pale ale. Yeah. We're, as I said earlier, we're working on a beer at the minute. It's a burnt honey porter. Ooh. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. Um, it's just about, it's going to hopefully sit about six, six and seven percent, something okay. like that. Oh, okay, nice, cool. Nice. Bit, 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 bit more a big boy drink, a bit more, yeah. bit more heady <laughs> on it, you know, as opposed to a sessionable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to go for like a, a burgundy color on that, really. Ooh, so lovely. it's a bit more kind of black and burgundy. Maybe yeah. we want to put a bit of, orange, bit of orange in there as well, just cool. to kind of make cool. it pop. But keep it very simple minimalistic you know yeah. people come to recognize the labels then you know and that's what i think it's about you know you want people to recognize your brand yeah, yeah. well for a first can like i think um you can see pe- like new brews first cans sometimes a bit like i don't know a bit lame and uh this is just really cool so for the listeners um it's uh they've, they've you've used a black can so a black background but the label itself is like goldy yellow so it's got a shimmer to it and it's like a, basically a bee infestation around uh, the word hive. And it's really cool. I really like it. It does something I like about a few cans where from a distance you won't notice the detailing until you yeah. get closer up to it. Yeah. Like, those are the kind of cans I like the most where there's something Make new. Come up. Yeah, exactly. There's something new to see when you get closer to it. And, oh, yeah, I'm I think finding new it. things on my can. I'm finding new things on my own can. Like, <laughs> I look at them like, oh, Adam, you put this in there. Oh, nice. you know, like, it's just it's it's testament to kind yeah. of the ethos and the people that I want to work with. Yeah, you know, I want people to share that enthusiasm. And Adam is a fantastic graphic designer. So anybody that want who's listening who wants to have a conversation with a guy who is really open to new ideas, go and speak to Adam Farley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a fantastic rap designer. Really, really good guy. I, I, awesome. I was going to say in terms of working with honey, and obviously you've mentioned what your next one you're planning on doing. Are you worried at any point that the, that obviously you want to incorporate honey in all your beers? Are you worried at some point that that's going to be like, Oh no, we've done all we possibly can. <laughs> or are you, are you like looking forward to those challenges? Yeah, I think, that will become that will be when I then get to the creative side of things. Yeah. Like I can then start chucking in some weird stuff and making it a bit more stretch the boundaries. Let's break the box. Let's mm. go outside that and think of something that's not necessarily been done before. And yeah. I, I don't want to say I'm a trendsetter because I think I'm far from that. But I think what we've done is we've taken a beer which has come to be loved by pretty much everybody who drinks in this industry, mm. pale ale. Mm-hmm. We put a spin on it which is quite a new thing in the sense that other people have said i've done i've done it but it's not their ethos they've done you've got betty stogs you know yeah. they, they they did they did a honey beer the, mm-hmm. i think it was hops and honey i think they did mm-hmm. um but then the rest of their range is nothing to do with honey at all and it, okay that's cool you know that's great you've done something that's similar to what we've done what and things like that but mm. we're putting honey at the heart of everything we do in one way or another and that might be you know putting honeycomb in the glass or putting you know actually making honeycomb like you get in a crunchy bar and dropping that in the beer or you know there's there's so many things it doesn't even like honeydew melon you know there's like there's 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 so many things that are like honey based that don't actually necessarily have to be honey Mm -hmm. yeah um and i was talking to a friend of mine who is quite uh, he's in the um the firestone walker brewery out in california oh yeah yeah, we've we've done an interview with them yeah Oh, have you? Yeah, oh, yeah. our yeah, first so interview. We had Adrian on oh. uh, like a few, yeah, a few months ago. Is it Adrian you're talking no about? Way. No, I know. Um, I know one of the brewers. He's called Joe. Joe Clayton. Nice. Okay, um, cool. So he he used to be he used to be uh, name dropping here. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll come yeah, up from. He, I don't know anyone in the business, but I do know this guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, the thing is, I only re- I, I, back when I was again. I'll keep echoing back to the chef inside of things. But, yeah. Um, I, I worked with him when I was a chef and right. he left the industry. To, I remember the day he left the industry uh, to go be a brewer and he went to work at Bath Ales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't t- talk to him until now, I think three weeks ago. Right. And I seen that he was still a brewer and I was like, no way, I've got a brewery, uh, how things change. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he's out in Firestone Walker as one of the brewers out there. Um, oh. And he was like, it's so weird how we're now both t- talking again, but on a, on the same page again, but totally yeah. different industries. Mm. 
the thing that he mentioned to me was like, what are you going to do if you do run out of options? What happens if you get to the point where you go, oh, we've done everything we can with honey? And I was just like, I'd maybe change the ethos a little bit or maybe do a brand mm. where we focus on another ingredient, maybe, yeah. you know? Or, but then I've also said that I don't want to limit myself just to beer. Like, one of the honey ciders. Yeah. 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 Nice. Honey wine, mead, things mm. like that. You know, yeah. like at the end of the day, like, there's, you don't have to, pigeonhole yourself to one great thing if you're good at if you're good at utilizing something then you can do a lot of things with that and i think that's something we'll think about when we get to it yeah, yeah Again, absolutely if my partner my partner heard this and go shut up just <laughs> like, <laughs> you, <laughs> just, just like rein it in but yeah there's, there's there's so much there's so much to do and like there's collaborations that i'm looking at talking about with other people from cool. like scandinavia that may that cool. they need at the yeah. moment and things like that where we're going to try and do something with them and yeah, there's a big market out there, and I think mead gets a bit of a bad reputation because mm. it's like, oh, it's like LARPing, <laughs> live live action, live yeah. action role players that drink drink mead, you know, over weekend and things like that. And but it, it's it's something that I don't think anybody's really had. Like, there's a mass audience that haven't been exposed to like the mead side of things, and that's mm. something that I want to get out there. And I definitely want to release a mead as like a sessionable mead at some point. Yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely a gap for that. Yeah, it's huge in America at the moment. Mead is like meaderies out there. They're massive. Yeah. Um, they in like California, great honey, like orange blossom honey that they get out there is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and they've got a lot of meaderies that they've got where you can, like tap rooms where you go in there and drink sessionable meads with all weird fruits and things like that in it. And I was like, let's bring that to here. You know, yeah. Why, 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 yeah it's, it, it bridges that gap between a beer and a cider, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure oh, yeah. we we've had we might have had something in Vessel that's been kind of across, like somewhere vaguely in the middle of that. I, I can't remember ever seeing or hearing Gosnells. the word. Possibly, I'm trying to think. Gosnells doing Gosnells are quite a big brand in the UK for mm-hmm. mead. Mm. Um, May have had a pitch. Yeah, so that they're, they're 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 quite a big brand. And uh, the other thing I was going to say as well, it's obviously it's a it's a big thing to pair beer or a drink with food. Since you're a chef, what would you pair this drink with? I personally think it go. I think it goes really well with uh, like a very light fish dish, maybe. Okay. Um, or pork goes really well with pork. Um, mm. I had somebody Facebook me that they made bread out of it as well, which was quite cool. Oh, okay. But somebody instead of using yeast, they put my put. They made like almost like a soda bread, if you would. Yeah. Um, which was quite cool. Um, yeah. So I think again, it's just it's another thing that I think people can look at in this industry and go, it's not about getting pissed. Yeah. <laughs> it, doesn't, yeah. it, doesn't just, it. it doesn't just have to be about going out and getting absolutely legless. Know. You know, you yeah. can, like let's let's look at it as to what alcohol can be done in other ways, you know. And again, that's something that's true to my heart from my background I've come from. But yeah, it's a lot of restaurants in Plymouth have taken it on as well, which is quite cool. Awesome. Like Fletcher's of Fletcher's restaurant, obviously not open at the moment, which yeah. is sad. Yeah. Um yeah. they've they've got it selling really well in there. Need pizza, they they've got it. Yeah. Um so it, it works, man. It works yeah. with food. It's quite, it's, it's quite a bit of an all-rounder, really. It's mm. nice. Have you, um, are you selling it out? Oh, were you or are you selling it outside of Plymouth or the Southwest at the moment? Or at the moment, are you, are you um, just, just here and you're, once obviously lockdown eases up and you can start trying to sell out, you'll try and take it outside when you can? Yeah, I mean, we've got it up in, um, I think it's not, out, out, it's outside of Plymouth, not outside of the Southwest, Barnstable, uh, the Crafty Beer Shop, they've okay. got it. Oh, yeah. yep. um, we've got a couple of people that are like sampling it in Cornwall and things like that. Cool. There's um, the, the Red Elephant, they've got it on and things like that. So it's getting out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's part of the growing process. You know, yeah. you can't rush these things. It, word of mouth is the best advertisement, you know. Yeah. Unless you want to do what Brewdog had done, where they drove a tank down the middle of Edinburgh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, as, as a publicity stunt and things like that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Well, like, you say, it, you say that been... Anchor House was going to drive, he was going to drive it all, he was going to take a, was it a van up north? Oh, he's doing a road trip, he was, yeah. do, he was going to do the road trip when we last spoke to him. Yeah. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No he was just going to load a, what was it? He was going to load his car up or a little van up with loads of beer and just kind of drive city to city up north as far as he could get and uh, sell as to as many people as possible. Well, this is a shout out to Tom because I know his car that he drives, and that car is not going to make it past Cardiff. I don't think he was going <laughs> to—he was going to hire out like a what was he going to? Oh, was he? Out? Oh, was he hiring out? Are you sure you just didn't romanticise it being? No, a no, no. He said he was going to hire one out, like a really. He said he's got one. I think a really battered oh, okay. one or something. Well, that, that might be. That may might be not. It. 
make it, he said. But, you know, <laughs> we'll see. Sounds like it but, is the car you're talking about. Possibly. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. But, like, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things as a business as well, because a lot of people, as much as we enjoy this industry, it is a business and trying to get it out there as widespread as possible, like as mm-hmm. big a demographic as you can. That is, that's a struggle. It's hard. Yeah. It is difficult because you get a lot of people that drink what they like. Yeah, mm-hmm. and different cities like different things. Proven point in um in Plymouth, uh vessel, they've taken it, it sells slower than it does in bulletproof tap mm-hmm. room. Yeah. So it's and it's it is just it pockets of people like different things, don't yeah. they? And it, that's I think that's the hardest thing we've come up against is trying to get it out there and get people trying it and taking it and people when they do take that leap and they actually taste it and enjoy it they're like oh it's good yeah yeah well i think you've definitely you've got something going for you with the honey because i think i mean obviously with uh kind of the sustainability and uh people loving bees more because it's more important now (laughs) to love bees than any other time um i think there's probably not vegans but a lot of people that would that care about animals and care about the planet that would be like oh let's give the bees a job and uh yeah i think you've got definitely got that going for you that's for sure i know that there's like there's honey brews out there there's like honey and stouts and things and i think a lot of people will think especially if they've had a stout with honey and all that's going to be far too sweet that's going to be like a dessert and if they're not into that but it's for me this isn't like this isn't crazy sweet it's got that sweetness and it's uh you can tell the from the mouth feel that it's got that yeah. honey in it um yeah. but it's not overpowering if, if that's what people are going to be worried about um i've had a, i think i've had a uh, i don't know what kind of i think it was just an ale that had like well it tasted like it had manuka honey in it but it mm-hmm. i think it was just honey but um because it was quite of a strong flavor and I've, I've i went down that rabbit hole of manuka honey for a bit um and that can be quite an overpowering, strange flavour, I think. But that is not what this is. This is very light and very, very sessionable. So, yeah, no, that's, yeah. I'm just going back to what you were saying about the, um, the like, will you run and you go too far down the path and then come to a dead end? Mm-hmm. Like, I think since doing this, I've had people sending me honey, which is just crazy. <laughs> like how people have been sending me honey going, <laughs> what do you think of this? And there's a company called, <laughs> Alp, uh, they're called New Zealand Honey, I believe. Let me just get their name. Mm-hmm. He'll probably kill me for forgetting. I apologise. <laughs> um, New New Zealand Alpine Honey, right? Okay. Um, so there, there, there is a gentleman who uh, I actually oddly, as they say, like you know, the world is connected in this weird way. Mm. The day I was brewing my beer, this gentleman walked into Pasto Brewery to buy some beers. Mm. We got yapping. Oh, I'm making a honey beer. But next thing you know, oh, I'm starting a company that imports honey from New Zealand. The fact that we met on that one day really great. <laughs> Next, he sent me some honey, and it, it was um, thyme flavored honey Ooh. and honeydew flavored honey, right, things like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's all naturally found because of the po- the pollen that they get from different flowers and things mm. like that. So you get like an apiary that's right next to um, thyme plants. It's yeah. going to taste really strong of thyme wow. and things like. That. It's got a slight green tinge to it, and I think. Wow. Okay exploring different honeys that's exciting in yeah, itself yeah, for yeah, me yeah. anyway so there's going to be some people listening to this thinking this guy is crackers for honey like you know it's, it's a what what a weirdo but it's this it's, it's no different to anybody that's passionate about any product there's always going to be something you can pair but then i've used one type of honey in this beer there's yeah. no reason why we couldn't blend honeys to make a different flavor again you know and explore different options and things like that so there's i think the pathway question that you asked earlier Will it run out? I hope it doesn't because it's exciting mm. and it's fun and it's it's yeah. a good laugh and uh, I like eating honey so yeah. I feel like a bit like a bit like no, a bit love... like uh, Winnie the Pooh with the honey, you know. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, but that's kind of brilliant. Um, no, honey is it's so versatile. I love honey because it's I mean it's got the medicinal um, like parts of it. It's it's amazing. It's done so much that people don't really realise the power of honey. But as, you know, obviously it's got to be sustainable and we're not overworking bees and whatnot i don't know i don't know that part of it but i was gonna say what yeah. does your friend think the the one you came up with this concept with back in the day the one that keeps honey the one that keeps what does he think honey. of this now so um he thinks that i'm a vegan slayer because oh. of the fact that he so he he is now vegan so oh, it's, um, okay. it's it's a bit taboo that he's drinking it but he says it's his favorite beer um which is a bit like it, we, so he's um and he's probably one of the most resourceful people i've ever met like i every time i Every time I speak to him, he's like, oh, mate, I've just made this out of honey. I've made beard balms and I've done this and I've done that. And I'm like, David, you're, you're, you're an absolute testament to like somebody being resourceful, you know? And um, so he's like very much centered around what I am, where it's like, let's use something for the purpose of what it is. Yeah. And let's yeah. find 
use it for as much as we can. So if you're going to keep bees, let's use it to make face balms and mask mm. and so on and so forth. And he loves it. He's like, yeah, this is wicked. You know, it all started from those days of being drunk on your sofa, trying to find something to make out of honey. And now you've got and made a business out of it, which is wicked, you know? Yeah. Um, he's still adamant that I should start keeping bees, which I've not got to the stage of yet. Like I would, I would like, it'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be really so. cool. But it's, it's, um, it, it it's a full-time job, you know, yeah, that, that in itself. It's, it's, it's a big thing, keeping bees, but it'd be quite cool, though. Like, well, I know that um, there are some businesses in Plymouth, uh, two of which I work for, the Aquarium, well, I don't know if they've actually released it, I don't know, uh, the Aquarium and the Theatre are putting hives and wildflowers on their roofs, so uh, yeah. I can't remember what company is. That, is. is that part of the Polonise group? I think so, that? yeah. Are it's them? the same yeah. company that are doing it, and yeah. I find that so amazing. You can they're thinking of doing sponsor a beer and a uh, sponsor a beer. <laughs> sponsor a bee and all this. And I just think that's yeah. so cool. Uh, yeah, the pollenized team. I've spoke I've had a lot to do with them because obviously I was trying to source honey. And mm. when I started kind of outsourcing my honey and trying to find who would be best to suit my beers and what I want to do, they were just starting up. And yeah. I launched my beer just after they'd done a crowdfund and got mm. a lot of funding off the council in Plymouth, which I think it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've definitely said that we're going to try and do some sort of collaboration between the two of us because it's like urban beekeeping. So yeah. they've got a one on, there's one on the wall of the Lord High Admiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's one on there, like a bee hotel, they call them, um, and things like that, which I think is just such a great idea. And yeah. it takes up takes up no space because it's on a wall. Like yeah. you can't do anything else with that wall. So why don't you put a beehive on yeah. it? And yeah. it's, it's just a cool idea. And I think people, again, you said it, and you exactly said it, people don't realize to the extent that bees have and the things mm-hmm. they can do. And I think it's just without sounding mega hippie, it's, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Like people, people need to just like, with all this lockdown happening, people's gardens are growing so mm-hmm. much and things like that. And parks are growing so many wildflowers and that's just going to have this knock on effect. And I yeah. think it's great. It's a great mm-hmm. thing that that's happening, you know? And yeah, that's a bit of what I'm about really. Yeah. You know? Same. <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah. I don't mind. Call me hippie. I'm all about that. So yeah. Yeah. I love I've realized as, as I'm getting, the older I'm getting, the, uh, the more I'm leaning towards that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Like, I, I, it's quite cool yeah it's a cool thing and um mm. yeah making making something nice to drink at the end of it as well that's exactly cool. something I don't realize you know? love that i'm like oh it's like bees and honey and beard oh it's just it brought my two worlds together i love it oh, I was, you like it. <laughs> yeah no definitely <laughs> i was gonna um talk about the actual brewing process so um obviously i mean we're both we haven't brewed we are not home brewers, so we know nothing. But um, when did the honey actually come into the brew? When did the honey go in? So this was something that me and George were quite conscious of because the honey itself that we get, or that I get, sorry, is um, is unpasteurized. Um, okay. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you or the listeners are aware of what pasteurization is, but it's often done like in milk and mm. things like that as well. Mm. So it's heating something to a point where you kill the bacteria. Yeah. Okay. Now. In, in things like milk, you pasteurize it, it stops it from tasting sour because milk is naturally quite sour. The, the the kind of the flip side of that is you lose a lot of the good the good bacteria. Mm. Um, and that happens in honey. If you heat it up, you lose a lot of the flavor, but you also lose a lot of the good bacteria and the medicinal benefits. So it was kind of a balance between putting something in that's then going to make all the cans explode because it's not been heated up and it will still be fermentable. So I end up with cans exploding everywhere, which is obviously not what I want to happen. But then also this toss up between actually having something in there that's still going to taste nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so we put it right in at the end of the boil. Okay. So we, when the when the uh, when it was all boiling up and we were, we finished adding all the hops and everything, we went in with the honey and let it boil. I think it was about 10, 15 minutes. It was yeah. not very long at all. Mm. Um, just to try and sterilize it a little bit, take out some of the fermentables and things like that. Um, but I, me and George both sat down and we read a lot of science on the sugar makeup of honey mm. and fermentable sugars is what you're looking for in any any alcohol making process mm. and what actually happens to those sugars when they're turned into alcohol like where does the residuals and things like that going into it and without having a phd in science it can just be like the most confusing thing <laughs> in the world and luckily my partner has actually got a degree in psychology and science so, so there's a lot of, a lot a lot of the time i was going to her and going what does this symbol mean what does this mean i don't, I don't understand please help me break this down and um yeah we got there in the end and we realized that you know when we brewed this beer it was a bit of an experiment in itself mm. and it's come out well 
So we're going to try and be a bit more daring with it the next time we brew it and maybe put the honey in less or, or okay. boil it less and see what happens that way. And mm. really, we're not saying this is the be all and end all for the hive honey pale ale. That's the recipe you're getting. We might actually end up changing it slightly and putting mm. more honey in it maybe yeah. or yeah. take out some of the some of the malt bill or some of the hops or something, you know, and just play yeah. around with it until we get something that's really knockout because I think it's good, mm. but it could always be better. You know, the honey could maybe shine through a little bit more. So yeah. it's it's a bit of an experiment i'm kind of learning as i go mm. on a lot of things which is quite scary that's <laughs> uh, all good we're all learning there's then then there's going to be like a new trend like a new complete style I, and you're like what i guess it is more terrifying if you're brewing so much at once as well yeah. because if you get it wrong then you've oh. got a lot of cans to shift <laughs> oh yeah it's, it's scary really scary that was probably the I didn't really quite conceive the idea of how big 2,000 litres was until I started <laughs> watching the vat fill up. And I was like, that's taken a long time to fill up. Like, I, was, <laughs> I was stood peering into this big vat of uh, water and like it's basically like a big porridge if you haven't seen yeah. it yourself. You yeah. know, all the grain and everything. And like, I'm there looking at it going, that's, that's the biggest vat of anything I've ever seen in my life. You know, I'm just looking like, and then you're there looking at your watch going, still not full. <laughs> still not still not full <laughs> like, but yeah it's, it's 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 quite good fun really and um it probably makes me sound like an absolute lunatic but you know <laughs> you're going into it going like you, we didn't know how it was going to come out until we had finished fermenting it and carbonating it mm. like we tasted it when it went into the fermenter and we were like the the term that george uses is it's a bit green so it's not fermented yet the flavors are quite heady and punchy and it's quite bitter and yeah. it tastes quite um a bit a bit foliage like you know it's because oh, okay. of the hops and things like that and yeah, it can be yeah. quite raw and you're there going that's no way a way of gauging what it's going to taste like at the back end and you're yeah. there going this tastes dreadful like you look at i was there drinking it going this is awful what is going to happen to this and then i remember i was i was um i just nipped into the brewery popped in and was like george let's let's have a taste then let's see what it's like before we can it and it came out and i was there and we both like we said cheers and we tried it and george was like what do you think and i was like incredible like how <laughs> how you can go from the complete unknown to something you're so happy with yeah. <laughs> yeah, like quite a couple, you... couple of sleepless nights asking george how the baby is do you know what i mean like, how's the baby? <laughs> have you been tempted to pick up homebrewing uh just to do smaller like experiment a little bit or do you feel like you still need to learn a lot more before you delve into that world um i have done mm. um but with I've got I've got an eight month son. I still have a full time job yeah. uh, that I work aside from the brewery. So it's kind of like it's trying to find time to do that. Um, yeah. Luckily, I am now using a pilot system for fifty liters to make this next batch on. Cool. Just just to sample it first because George was like, "Look, I went to initially I went to George with this wacky idea of doing like uh, I think it was it was an orange and thyme flavored beer. Yeah, so like orange and thyme." real like speciality beer like off the nose let's go at eight percent real yeah. like wacky beer and george was like yeah do you want to rein it in a bit because <laughs> one i don't know how that's gonna go and two we can only do two thousand liters so if yeah. it all goes wrong there's a lot yeah. of money to throw down the drain and a lot of wasted beer and i was like all right fair enough so we went for something <laughs> a bit more a good foundation beer to start with which was the hba the, the honey pale ale yeah um but with this 50 liter kit, I think we are both going to get a bit carried away with it and probably end up making some really wacky stuff because yeah. we've got this 50 liter kit and it's it's a good size. You know, if it goes down the drain, you're not wasting loads of money, yeah. you're not mm. wasting loads of honey, and it's ultimately it's 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 a lot easier to manage. And then you can upscale from that, which is something that a lot of brewers do on a regular basis. Padstow do it. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not not Padstow. Sorry, um, Bulletproof do it. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah um, Anchor House have done it. Anchor House have just got themselves a nice pilot kit that they're now going to be working on. Yeah. So I, th I think in any good brewery, it's a good step to take. You know, yeah. learning the ropes yourself, and I think you you can get behind the product a lot more when you know it in and out yourself. Yeah. yeah. It also helps you. Uh, you're you can take the risks, mm. and you feel confident to do it because like if you're doing a, like you know 50 liters as opposed to 2000 liters you can go like well let's let's do this daring thing and it may go terribly wrong but at the same time it might go really right but you can be a, yeah. you can take that risk knowing that you're only oh, yeah. gonna lose 50 liters as opposed to yeah yeah the, the yeah. worst case scenario <laughs> oh, I, I i and the thing is as well like uh, other brewers that brew on far bigger kits than 2000 liters will tell you mm. there could still be something that goes wrong mm -hmm, when you've yeah. done a beer a thousand times you could still and i think you i think you actually said it in the podcast with simon and george mm -hmm. the best breweries are the ones that can make beer 
beer consistently in and out day yeah. in day out it's, yeah. it's a little bit it's a little bit less adventurous than mm. some beers that people are churning out but they are it's a testament to the brewing industry yeah. when you can make a beer 24 7 365 days a year and it tastes the same every time yeah. that's when you know you've really got something right mm. and that's it's a science it is a science yeah. and it's yeah. not just people that look at getting into brewing yeah it's, it's cool to have something to drink at the back end of it but mm-hmm. You've got to really have that kind of mindset to be able to sit there and actually work it out, you know. And that's that's what a lot of people got to get your head around. I think it's 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 a cool hobby. It's it's yeah. wicked to sit there and go, I've made this now. I can drink it and give it to my friends and family. You know, that's yeah. that's that's where that's where it started for me and probably a lot of people with the mead. You know. Well, I, I just can't stop thinking about. Uh, George's story about his nettle homebrew. <laughs> so I can think with his plastic tubs and his no yeast, <laughs> no hops, just nettles. I think everyone's got to have that experience of experimentation and it not going quite so well as they think it might. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I think crazy. It's, it, it goes back to the old saying of you know you learn from your mistakes, don't yes, you? Yes, exactly. Um, I I've brewed some absolutely audacious and disgusting meads where i've gone that'll 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 work no science to it let's just bung it in and see what happens and you come out the other side of it going that was a bad idea we won't do that again you know but like but like there's the reason why is it the thing that you need to learn from is why was it a bad idea why didn't it work not oh it didn't work let's draw a line under it it's 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 right why didn't it work let's yeah. learn a bit more science about it let's let's learn the fructose content of a strawberry you know, <laughs> <just> <laughs> things like that you know yeah. and it's that's i think it that's the exciting part is when you can actually come out the back of it when you've not done it with 2000 liters maybe when you do it with 50 liters and you get it wrong mm. but then you do get it right because i can imagine you do it with 2000 liters and get it wrong you're probably not going to want to do it ever again no. <laughs> but 50 like you said 50 liters is it's is a great thing to do and yeah. like, i would encourage it it's a good hobby you know mm. even if you're just drinking your own beer that's why it's become such a big industry mm-hmm. you know people like drinking and eating things that they've made themselves yeah. you know yeah look at all the tv programs we got for cooking shows it's a good thing but i don't i don't think there, there is not one there for beer or drink me no yeah. exactly yeah. I, don't, I don't think i've ever seen one and i think it's food and drink though every time you go to any fine dining restaurants it's we've paired this with this and mm. this with this but they don't ever i don't think alcohol gets the same creative outlook as food i, yeah. I think because maybe it's because you've got the 18 to drink it and things like that i don't know i'm not sure but there's there's no reason why you can't have a creative outlet by making drinks yeah we had we had this discussion a little bit with the craft beer channel because he says you exactly what you've just said that there's all this there's all these channels out there and all this kind of like notoriety around like food and cooking like that but it just doesn't exist at the moment for for the alcohol industry Mm, i think a lot of people are nervous about like talking about alcohol just because of you know the responsibilities of drinking alcohol and selling alcohol yeah but i think i think also people maybe it's because you you need to eat to live but you don't need to drink alcohol to live and Mm. i think as much as people want to maybe frown upon alcohol because it it has its problems doesn't it and everybody knows that and i think everybody's had somebody who maybe struggled with it and things like that at some point or another um but you can have the same problems, maybe not to the same extent, mm. but with food, yeah. you know, like mm. people, people, people are obese and mm-hmm. people overeat and over things like that. And, and, you know, abuse food as much as they probably would with alcohol. Yeah. So I think there's, there's a, there's a needless stigma around alcohol and the fact that it can be a good outlet yeah. for the sake of the fact that people just see it as a negative and mm. not actually, you know what, if you take it in moderation and you enjoy it for what it is, as opposed to a vessel to get, completely legless and mm-hmm. lose your wallet and your keys when you go downtown <laughs> yeah. then i think i think it's probably actually not but i think there's there's a good mm-hmm. outlet for it i think the alcohol industry definitely needs to have a bigger pedestal in the media of actually it's a good thing yeah. you know, it's yeah. a creative it's a creative outlet and the people i've met through this industry have been some of the most genuine mm-hmm. and actually artistic and creative people i've probably ever met you know yeah. and, mm-hmm. i think yeah. i think the craft beer industry is definitely the one changing that changing that attitude slowly because it's such a it's so different than like you said the, the people that are going out on a on a weekend and just getting shit-faced it's it's yeah, not yeah. about like, that that really is not, not what this no. industry is about mm-hmm. sitting on a park bench with a thing of frosty jacks you know yeah. like everybody's got that <laughs> oh, everybody's jacks. got that yeah everybody's <laughs> got that image and i think we've all gone to house parties and drank mm. the probably like window cleaner because it's got alcohol in it <laughs> yeah. at some point or another just to like you know fulfill a purpose yeah. but 
the same time, there's no harm in sitting down and having a nice drink with someone to enjoy the experience yeah. the same as you do with food or a coffee or a tea, you know? Yeah, and, exactly. And then, like, so, so I don't see why we can't change the stigma. And I think, like you said, the craft beer world is definitely doing that. It's definitely making it more accessible to drink something for the enjoyment as opposed to a vessel of getting shit-faced. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, if that was the case, th- there wouldn't be podcasts like about as we wouldn't have yeah. anything to talk about there wouldn't be like youtube channels there wouldn't be books about it and yeah people don't see it so it's about kind of we've got to get it out there we've got to get out the positives uh, the, the last thing i i think i wanted to ask was uh for you in the talking about the future now is where do you see the company going outside of just the beer that you're producing where do you how do you want to grow the company i mean obviously you can talk about any sort of beer that you you really want to see your you, you producing over the next couple of years but what's what's next for you guys or just for you and yeah um i think next for us is we're gonna just get that core range built to yeah. a point where yeah. we're, we're happy with the core range that we've got and people it becomes a reputable brand and people trust the brand and make sales mm-hmm. that way for, for people going you know it's a good beer good quality beer um we're looking to diversify into potentially a tap room uh, at some point and getting back to the roots of food again i've so i spoke a lot about food on this yeah. and it's a big passion of mine still and I think I want to showcase that you can make good English small plates of food, almost like tapas, but enjoy that with good quality beer as well. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think that's definitely something on the horizon for us is we've, me and my partner have been sat down talking about it a lot saying, you know, there isn't anywhere you can go and get handmade food that echoes the British food culture along with this wicked beer culture that we've got at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's something I want to exploit. I want to look into that and do that. And I think that's something we're definitely going to do, but we've got big plans. Um, we've got, we're gaining more and more contacts every day of the week with people that are coming to us with ideas or we're going to them with ideas. Sure. Um, so I'm just blown away with the following we're getting. And I'm also just absolutely uh, astounded with the fact that people are so friendly. Like I've said, like you guys, you know, we, we started speaking and then we've done this together. And yeah, I, I, I just want the company to bring a different mindset to people. Uh, really, mm-hmm. actually, I think, that's, I think that's what I'm gaining from this the most is where we want to be is it's okay to drink, you know, like you yeah. don't, it's okay to drink. And you, why don't you do that more with food? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I love wanna... that. I love like the food pairing aspect of it as well. It just really interests me. And yeah, we don't really have a food and beer place. And uh, yeah, that's an... one more venue on the uh, Plymouth Beer Mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is it. Like we've, we've said like, you know, there's, there's Vessel, there's Vessel, yeah. which yep. is a, a great place. It mm. is fantastic. Um, you've got Bullet, bulletproof their tap house that's coming you know um they're all strong beer contenders they are huge strong like they're they're foundation places in plymouth for the beer scene Mm. um but the one thing i will say is i think that they're 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 all missing a trick in the sense of doing some really good food there as well Mm, because i think everybody yeah everybody everybody who drinks wants to eat you know Mm -hmm. i think Mm. and i think that's something that we need to exploit and i think it's something that we're definitely going to look at doing yeah, I mean it's great. Like Need has uh, managed to get some contacts all around with their pizzas. Yeah, uh, yeah. they've done well. <laughs> they've done well. Need is wicked. Yeah, Ali's a fantastic guy. Yeah. I met him for the first time last weekend and had a chat with him about being a chef. And obviously that's something we can connect over. And yeah. then, you know, he's also a landlord, so that's something we can connect over. Nice. For the fact that we both like drinking and things like that. So mm. yeah, there's um yeah, he's he's a great guy, and what he's doing is great because he's taken the basic principles of doing pizza. Mm-hmm. and do it and doing it really bloody well you yeah, know they're, like, they're good pizzas <laughs> yeah and people don't realize but pizzas are hard man that's like yeah that's a difficult thing to do well and like the equipment i've seen it last week that he's working on at the moment because the rest of his stuff's locked up in the mm. plymouth market yeah um the equipment he's working on he's churning out pizzas left right and center yeah. so like you know it's testament to if there's a will there's a way and you can definitely do it and i think that's what we're trying to go for is just get out there try and fill people's bellies and fill people's people's bellies with beer and food that's what we're trying to do thank you very much for listening to the high hops podcast uh if you would like to know more about mother brew and what they're up to sam had this to say uh yeah so if you want to find me on instagram at mother brew limited uh and on facebook at mother brew so it's it's pretty pretty straightforward stuff to get to me um I haven't got a website yet. Uh, we are working on that. We're getting that set up and kind of licensing and things like that to get it all ready and stuff. Uh, we're getting all that sorted out. But yeah, just hit just hit me up on the socials. That's that's my main kind of outlet at the moment or 
you know, find me that way. And we would love to have him back on again in the future. Yeah, um, thanks, Sam. He had a really, we had a really good, great time talking to him. And um, yeah, we'd love to speak with him again and meet him in person when we uh, when it's safe to. And we're excited to see what uh, drinks they bring out in the future. Yeah. If you'd like to find us, however, you can find us on Instagram. Let's say Spotify. Instagram. We are on Spotify. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yep. You can find Phoebe on Untapped. You can email us at hellohighhops at gmail.com for any recommendations. And we'll be back next week with Refold. Wee. Our first non... I mean, he is beer-related. It's but like it's our non-brewer, non... I guess non-brewer, basically, because yeah. everything else has been brewer or marketing. So this is a, a different area or aspect of uh, the beer world, and that is can design. And who best to really talk about that than James from Reaper. Exactly. So we're excited to bring that episode. Um, and then we'll be back with more interviews from brewers mm. the week afterwards with Steel. 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 Thank you very much for listening. 